Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the 98th episode, season two of the Chief Yuya podcast. And uh, of course, I'm Chief Yuya speaking, Chief Jegna, founder of the Anu Life Global Ministries. All right. If anyone who's interested ever in being a part of that and being closer to these teachings, make your way over to anulifeglobal.org, A-N-U-L-I-F-E-G-L-O-B-A-L. Org. I know usually I don't start off the podcast with that sharing link information, but this one is uh, we're concluding our Proverbs 31 talk. So, uh, you know, it's a note taker. <laughs> it's a note taker. So I, I want you to be able to um, just get into we're going to go straight through with uh, the teachings and um, some of the aspects of what creates this excellent woman, you know, this alpha woman. That's what we're really talking about. This is an alpha woman. An alpha woman is not one who models the behavior of a man. That's a beta woman. That's a beta female. A beta female is one who's afraid of her own power. So she says, well, the guys are doing this. So I'm going to do it. I'm an alpha. No, you're a beta. You're, you're scared to be fully what a woman is, you know. So this is an, a beautiful um, time to really explore that because this there, there is an attack. Just like this for many years has been an attack on, on masculinity. It's been an attack on femininity, you know, and um, there are so many people who, who deem themselves intellectuals who participate. And like I said, it's been government backed and state backed this assault, you know, and it's really sexual harassment, this assault on women. And um, of course, we know what's been happening with the men for years. And so I'm not going to start throwing up. I'm not going to start marching in the streets. Femininity, you y'all weren't marching for us. <laughs> so you better handle that. <laughs> you better stand up. You know, but yeah, it's it's just a, you know I'm joking, but uh, but I'm not gonna be marching the streets for you. But um, yeah, it's just a, it's just a beautiful time now to really explore that and it really outline and highlight again um, the greatness, what makes these great women you know be and what makes them t- tick. So like I said, this is a longer one. So I'm going to give you your movie now. The movie that we're going to be covering, 5.35 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I've been I've been holding this one for a while. Uh, you know, all these movies are very timed when I bring them. But this one, I, I, I like a lot. I like them all. So I guess I say that every time, right? But anyway, <laughs> the movie is entitled Astral City. Astral City, okay? And, um, it's not a, it's not a a real popular title. So you may not have heard of it before. Um, but it was, it was such a, it was such an interesting title. It came out, uh, in 2010 and it's, it's Astral City, a spiritual journey. And, um, it's subtitled, you know, so, um, it's, it's an interesting story because it's, it's about the life of this doctor who, um, who has he's he's arrogant he's selfish and he eventually dies due to a, a gastrointestinal issue and um it's about his journey basically in the spirit world you know and uh it was originally written by this guy's a medium um francisco javier or francisco candido harrier javier and um it's a brazilian um individual he's a he's a spiritist and um, he first wrote the book in like 1944, you know, 
and um of course then they made the movie off of it i read the book the book is is, is really good actually and as usual yeah the book is better than the movie but it's, it's still it's still a good movie it's definitely still a good movie you know that just kind of deals with the ideas of life after life after death um even there's some if you really under, if you know what you're looking at there's some anunnaki elohim stuff in there um but you start to see the transformation he still is required to go through um and the enlightenment even in the spiritual world knowing that he can't just start over and he's got to learn if he was a doctor like you got to really learn how to bring healing to other people and, and to yourself and astral city is this city that hovers over the earth in the upper layers it's in one of the heavens right what's the up, upper layers of the earth's atmosphere and that's really good you know and and it also has a really nice music score really nice music score uh, a guy by the name of philip glass did the score he did a really really uh good job on it but um that's our film that we're going to be digging into i'm not going to give you a proverb this strong because we're going to be digging back into proverbs 31 all right let's get it all right here we go continuing with our talk on the virtuous or the capable woman and uh you know we're now in our part three space so you know where we left off before we were speaking about the preparing for winter and and the garbs and the clothing and you know one of the things i said was that uh she she uh this virtuous woman she puts her her family in red you know and um that red wool of course is preparation for the winter she's not worried about the winter because she knows i've done what i should have but also that scarlet color you know and i i went into what that really meant and you know one of the things to consider also is that red or that scarlet uh it's that it's the it's the passion or the intense side of the spiritual energy so when you you see those references to red or scarlet or crimson, you know, oftentimes it can represent a flame, you know, uh, a flame that's going upward. And in our Hebraic terms, we have the, the word shin or rather the letter shin, which is also a word. And as many people will interpret shin as meaning fire, you know, or even to see, uh, that's actually more so a modern Hebrew interpretation. It's accurate. It's fine. But when you, you go to the biblical Hebrew or the paleo Hebrew, that, that particular character would represent to ascend or ascension. So the red is an energy of ascension. And, and what is the point of ascension? It's to reconnect yourself with Elohim, you know, to reconnect yourself with your Elohim. So, the red represents that that person's intense desire or intense ability or intense path to bring themselves up to Elohim, you know, or to and, and really it's that that dance, you know, um, that that Hebrew language being so interesting because it's a fire language, as some of you have heard me mention before, sculpted out of um, the images and the pictures of flame. You, you're given this, this, um, very profound and very mystical language. You know, if you're reading it correctly, know how to read it, 
there's so much that you can pull from it. But um, that idea of, of flame is really the, the concept of um, reuniting. It's the concept of an of a intense dance, as flame does. You know, flame, you know, will um, dance around, right? So it's the concept of that intense flame dancing around, okay? So um, with that, it then goes on to share a little bit more. So when we read forward, when we look at um, verse 22, right? Proverbs 31, verse 22. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. A clothing is silk and purple. A clothing is silk and purple, right? So in looking at that, and, and just that silk, sometimes you'll see interpreted as linen, um, as well, right? Um, but things that are bleached, you know, usually when we, you'll see that silk or that linen, it's, it's white, you know, things or, or what they would call, um, alabaster, right? But that's such an interesting piece right there. You know, when you speak about first, she acknowledges or it's not acknowledged what she creates for her family. And then it goes on to speak on what she creates, that that linen or that silk and purple. So you recognize when you look at this woman, this looks like a royal person, right? And, of course, she's a queen, which you would maybe think like, okay, but she's doing so many different things, you know. How would she have the time to look good, <laughs> you know, if, if, if you would, uh, to, to hold that down, why she's got so much going on? Well, the white is a key piece because, again, a white... The white is the, is the symbolism to or for spirituality, you know, and uh, I have a, a huge storm coming down right now, everyone. So I don't know if, if everything I'm saying is clear, but usually uh, when people have storms, when they do a podcast, you could barely hear it. But this one's pretty strong. So um, that's a great thing. <laughs> There's nothing like doing a, a podcast or a broadcast or something when it's storming outside and the air is being cleaned and the ground is being cleaned and the crops are being watered. It's, it's such a blessing, right? Rain is such a wonderful blessing. But anyway, so this concept of, um, how she dresses herself or this notion of how she dresses herself is recognizing that there's a beauty in her that the most high has given her and she appreciates it. She appreciates that beauty. So she's sure to not just dress herself in any sort of kind of clo clothing, but she's using clothing that denotes her elegance, right? So one of the interesting things about purple, you know, which many of you may know, is it's not, a, it's not an ancient color on the planet, even though we see, you know, um, foliage and, and things that may spring up and have hints of that or maybe even different flowers and botanicals with purple. It's not actually a, a, a color that always existed on the earth since the beginning, but color, but purple itself, the color is a, is a blend of, of red and blue. And oftentimes we speak about how it does signify the royalty. And, but there's, there's a deeper thing in there. You know, every word that's mentioned when you're reading these things, they're mentioned for a reason. You know, they're not just mentioned because it's, it's beautiful poetry, you know, when you're reading ancient scripture, but um, they're mentioned to give you clues on what's going on, right? 
Um, so what you have there, like when you have purple, it's that mix of red and blue. And, you know, blue is that energy of, of respect. You know, blue is that energy of, of um, even love. You know, I know oftentimes we, we equate red to love. And that's just because of the intensity of red and the passion of red. But sometimes that can also be the toxicity of of love. But in fact, blue would be closer, you know, because blue is is a is a color that represents the the willingness to connect, the willingness to to unite. You know, um, it also speaks about distance when you think about blue, whether it be a big blue sky, whether it be a big blue body of water. There's a distance between maybe what you, uh, where you are and who and where you would like to connect to. So blue becomes very interesting in that sense. And then you have, of course, um, the red, which is a yearning and a longing and, a, and an intensity to reunite with the most high. And the blue oftentimes can represent like, the, you know, the sky or that distance or um, that you have with something that you're, you're seeking to connect so when you put the red and blue together and you have that pers- that that purple, excuse me, you know, you have this blending of love and, you know, reverence for distance or, or love and the awe for distance. And um, you'll have that compassion. Blue often we say blue, blue is royalty. Blue is blues. Are, I mean, purple is a royal color. But why? Because purple is compassion. Now, why are you compassionate? Because you're seeing that there's a yearning for love. When you put love and awe together, um, sometimes you'll have very painful circumstances. Like you have someone that you would love to connect with and can't connect with. So when you have that compassion or you're feeling that love for another one, um, or even you're feeling the level of suffering that a person may be going through or dread that they may have as a result of their suffering it creates that compassion and to be incompassionate is to be a peasant you know when you have people who are selfish all the time they're only thinking about themselves they're narcissistic you know they, they're only ever concerned about their own feelings their their own self-interest you know regardless of the amount of times you may put opportunities in front of them to think about someone else other than themselves and they just nope you know nope it's just me it's just me um that's a person who has a peasant mindset obviously it's a person who's also very dangerous to be around because they'll do anything um to anyone or maybe even to themselves to get what they want you know but um like i said that that purple also often will have that red blue and then in order to make it work, it, there's degrees of white in it as well. You know, so it's of, oftentimes a conglomerate of like three different colors or, or but you have the red and white. So in our um, Kabbalistic tree of life, you know, you have the Sephiroth of, of Tiferet. Very important Sephiroth, Tiferet, um, representing beauty. You know, but it is a combination because it sits between Chesed and Gevra. You know, you have you have uh, Tifera. And of course, if we're looking just at blue, you have Malkut. OK, and Malkut um, is just the the way the world works. <laughs> you know, the, the functioning of the world, 
you know, um, that's why you have so many different countries, you know, like like the U.S. and, and even um, the United Kingdom still use that mixture of red, white and blue or blue and red. You'll see often a white and red. You'll also see that's because they they're they're supposedly divide, combining what we would call the divine world, you know, with the physical world, you know, uh, at least in symbol. <laughs> I'm not saying that they're actually doing that. But again, when you have that white, the white is always considered to be an, an infinitum of light. So it's the source of all spirituality. So when you hear things like white linen or white silk or white wool, you know, it, it represents that chesed, you know, that chesed, you know, energy. And the flax itself is, is gevra, gevra, you know. So there, there are so many, I mean, we can go even deeper, but there's so many pieces with that. Um, you know, even in terms of uh, the creation, when you have a, when you have a, uh, an egg cell, you know, the egg or the fetus even receives the red from the mother, from the woman, from the female and receives the white from the father, the man, the male, right? In order to bring something, something forth, right? Um, so again, so much we can go into that, but we're, you know, this is why, this is why I always end up going over, <laughs> But uh, again, getting back to it, you know, she maketh herself coverings of, of um, I'm excuse me, she maketh, you know, herself the the purple, and the linen. The linen is is so important because also to the silk, oftentimes um, the silk or slash linen represents Kemet. You know, because the best silk came from from ancient Kemet, right? And that's why to this day you have many Jewish sects. Who um, they have prohibitions against wearing linen and wearing wool. They won't wear either one because they say that it represents their time of captivity. Right. Um, you know, everyone's got their own thing, right? Uh, so now, the next verse is, is also very interesting because the next verse speaks to this amazing woman and her. Um, what we'll call her creative, her creative potential, you know, or her, her artsy streak, right? Uh, excuse me, I'm just closing windows. So the next verse is she maketh uh, herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple, right? So, um, well, I'm sorry, that was the next part of that verse. The tapestry is what I wanted to hit upon because when you're, when you're dealing with tapestry, you're dealing with someone who has the ability to create something. She's creative. Sometimes when you read this, it, it will translate as like she just maketh herself coverings, which doesn't give you the full story, right? A tapestry is something that is, it's, it's intricate to make a tapestry. You know, this is not just like, she got some fabric and sold the ends together and hey, you got a sheet, go lay down. You know, it's not, it's not necessarily that, but she actually has put some, some, it's, it's ornamental. She's put some intricate, you know, detail into actually creating something that would be considered 
ornamental and even beautiful. And this is not just for her family, you know, because when it talks about the coverings, it's talking about like coverings, like we would say for like our chairs and our sofas, obviously her curtains and things like that. But that embroidery and that, that ability to be skillful, to show that level of skillful work, that's where you get uh, 31 and 21, where it, it describes her as she's clothed with strength and clothed um, with dignity, right? Because she's not afraid of the, of the, of the, the snow, if you will. Um, so the concept there is that it's not just for her family, but she makes these things for guests and visitors. So she's showing her feminine side, you know, in terms of like, um, hey, look, I can make things pretty, too. You know, not only am I strong and I can do things in a functional manner and I'm spiritual, but I also have the ability to do noble things that beautify the home. You know, I'm making all of these different tapestry coverings, which, again, in those times would have been seat covers, would have been table covers, would have been, you know, curtains, would have been bed covers, of course, as well. You know, uh, all of these different ways to make this very beautiful environment, which is so important so very important you can tell when a place does not have whether it be a woman's touch or any sort of touch you could tell <laughs> there's nothing worse than seeing a place where a man and woman lives live and it and it looks like it it looks like a bachelor pad you know so that's an expression of of that energy her ability to do that right you know, one of the things I wanted to mention before when it said that she strengthens, uh, verse 20, she stretches out her hand to the poor, yea, she reaches forth her hands to the to the needy. Stretches out, meaning that she's not waiting until she's walking or she comes to a stop stoplight and someone knocks on her window asking for some change. Stretching her hand out means that she goes and looks for them. She finds people who are in need and helps them, not just, you know, does it when it's convenient or there's a, there's a can going around at the office, you know, Lucille, she, she, uh, her hip popped out of place again, you know, or Miss Alberta was on the dance floor dropping it, you know, and that, that new hip replacement needs a, a tune up. So we're collecting. It's not that per se, but it's, um, she goes and find those who she can help. Right. That's an important thing. This is a woman who understands the importance of, of beauty she understands the importance of charm and she's able to do this because her heart is right. You see how she makes her home a palace. Probably by some people's standards, she would be considered boring. You know, she's not moving into a place like, oh, we're going to move to Atlanta because, you know, they got all the hottest clubs. And, and, and you know, she's not moving to a, a spot or New York or Miami or, or L.A. She's she's um, she's all about. I am fully engaged in this science of homemaking. That's my thing. <laughs> yeah, that's my thing. So when it says in, in 24, she maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchants, you know, like she's engaged as a homemaker, but she's also engaged as a, as an entrepreneur. You see, when you have that word, um, or like tradesmen or, you know, um, or even, even a merchant, Right. That's the, the Hebraic term, um, Kanani. Right. And that's like a, a person who sells. Um, it comes from the from uh, Canaan or Can Canaanite, you know, in terms of being a root. But um, 
the idea there is that you know as uh Kanani she or Kanani she um she's interacting with you know these Phoenicians and people who are moving through north north northeast Africa and she's making garments and selling them to these people who would have been sailors at that at that time they would have been moving through um the sailing ports you know and she's become an expert in selling things at that time things that women would have sold that they would have made with you know with fabrics and things like that would have been things like sashes and um uh girdles and and cummerbunds and and things and we know she has style because of she makes tapestries she may have also made royal robes as well you know and and things like that you know um when you look at people who typically especially in ancient times who were royal they always had sashes on that wasn't that was an important thing you know so you start to get the the a sense of her character as a devoted um isha as a devoted ima as a as a devoted uh homemaker you know and also as being someone who's who's generous she so she shows generosity to her neighbor like i said she extends her hand to the poor she stretches out her hand to the needy they don't come to her she goes to them you see so she's not only demonstrating this level of devotion in the home but she's 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 demonstrating compassionate towards those who are less fortunate she demonstrates passionate towards those who have special needs maybe those who are poor extending that hand means she gets involved you see now hey i just you know i i bought a coffee i didn't like and i don't want to throw it out i see this homeless person i asked them if they want it they want to drink after me because they're homeless they shouldn't care they drink out of garbage cans you know it's not that level of of arrogance but you know stretching out and getting involved she goes to where those are who have needs you see she is completely selfless she's completely selfless right now, when we look at um, 25, strength and honor, or that could also be dignity, are her clothing. Now, that's a Kabbalistic reference, by the way. <laughs> that's See, this, everything has codes in it. Everything has codes in it, right? So strength in, and that is, is Oz, you know, um, as far as the, the Hebraic word. And, and you may have heard me say before, God, Gomer Oz Debar. It's a deep science in that. Beauty, strength, and wisdom. Gomer Oz Dabar. Beauty, strength, and wisdom. But um, Oz is that strength or O's, like the Wizard of Oz. But um, O's, so she is clothed, clothed in O's. You know, and then your honor is Lebush, right? So Lebush or, le, or Leb, Lebush. So what you hear immediately, you see the word Leb. You know, Leb means heart in Hebrew. Okay, so honor or dignity is, um, you know, dignity or honor is considered a, a garment, right? So it's like she's moving with strength and dignity and, and honor, you know, and she's moving from the heart. What she's doing, she's doing from the heart. That's a critical part, right? So in that sense, um, she establishes her own platform for being a leader, for being a woman leader, because she's clothed with strength. She's clothed with dignity. 
she's clothed with this with these special spiritual and moral, moral characters you see and like i said when we look at that word dignity it's it's the idea of being elevated above um, above what is common you know she's not getting all into things that don't matter or, or trivial things she has class she has virtue she has you know divine character but she's not you know getting involved in in the lower vibrational base order things of life like i said yeah i want to go out i want to go to the club i want to i want to buy this to wear this i want to show this off or i love watching this ratchet uh programming because it's just funny i don't know or i listen to this song i know it's not a good song but i like the beat you know or even having um having certain addictions that may have sway over her. You know, once you hear words like dignity, you know, okay, no, you're, you're moving above what's common. Sometimes in the spiritual world, spiritual community, rather, the human spiritual community, people pride themselves and they think it's cute to um, invest and dive into common things. Like it's funny. You see a lot of fake spiritual teachers, they, they'll use profanity as if it's cute. You know, because I got to relate to you. I got I to gotta go to where the people are. No, you just don't have any dignity. That's all. You have no dignity. You see, you, you haven't focused yourself on noble issues. You know, so as a result, you don't have any power. You don't have any true power of character. You don't have any will. That's why you, you'll have issues with eating and smoking and all kinds. And you can't seem to quit. You see. Because you, you, you're full of fear. And the reason you'd be full of fear and you wouldn't be able to focus on your on true and powerful character or be able to look forward to the future with a big smile on your face, you know, because your life isn't right with the most high. See, when your life is right, not saying that you're perfect. I'm not perfect. I'll tell you that. I'm not perfect at all. But I live my life as a model and, and as an example I like being powerful. I like the power of the most high. I like I like being able to will that. That's just me. So because I like being able to will the power of the most high, I um I stay in alignment. Cuz without that alignment, you you have no power. You see? And and I I'm a person who's a futurist. I'm always looking towards the future. I think the future is a very interesting place to think about. And the reason I don't have to worry about the future because my life is right. So the promise of unfolding blessings is I know I can receive those. So with this particular woman, she knows who to have faith in. She knows who to trust. She knows her life is right. She knows she's pure and she can delight in what's in what's ahead. She can get excited about what's on the road in front of her. Because she's virtuous. So based on her own spiritual strength that she clothes herself in, she's elevated her thoughts. When you look at, and this is an important one because we, we're like almost plagued with this. Verse 26, she openeth her mouth with wisdom and in her tongue is the law of kindness. In her tongue is the law, the law of kindness. That's a keshed or keshet, kindness, keshet. That's a sephirah on a tree of life. 
right? So we know that chesed is not just kindness, but it's also shame. It's also goodness. On some levels, it's, it's also mercy. You see, like I said, this is an interesting passage because it's so full of so many um, mystical meanings, if you know how to read it. You know, but that kindness is it deals with a to to kind of, you know, it, there's a beauty there, but it's kind of reproof, a subjective reproof, if you will. You know, but having mercy, having pity. So she opens her mouth with wisdom because she has credibility because of her life. She's not just, <laughs> I don't mean laugh, but a bunch of faces just popped in my head. A bunch of I knew rejects. I told you before, they all do the same thing. When either they get kicked out or they leave, the first thing they do is go on social media and start teaching lessons. First thing they do, they want podcasts and they want to teach lessons. It's like Eve. I want what Adam has. I want my own connection. Well, here, I'll give you one. I want what Chief has. I want my own community. I'll give you one. You see? And they start spouting foolishness. But if people don't don't know how to listen, they don't know how to use that first eye. They don't know if it's wise or not because they're not living right. You see, that's why people get very uncomfortable when you start speaking about a sanctified way of living because they're not doing it. You see, and they think they look at it like you're browbeating them. Oh, why you got to keep bringing that up? You're not browbeating. You're just speaking about what you're supposed to speak about. But I tell you, the first thing people do as soon as they leave, that's what they do. I'm going to go be a teacher. They get on on IG or whatever. And, All right. Let me tell you something I learned. Let me tell you something about life. You got to let people go. You got it's always the same stupid, weak, weak lessons. You got to learn to let people go because when people are no good, they, you know, they ruin your whole blessing. They ruin your whole season. And I speak to my ancestors. Man, shut the up. There's no wisdom in what you're saying because your life doesn't back it up. There's, you have no credibility, so you try to fake credibility. So when it says she opens her mouth in wisdom and the law of kindness is on her tongue. The law of kindness. That means she opens her, spell, her mouth, she speaks wisdom, but that wisdom comes with kindness. How else could you guide a family on a daily basis? How else could you connect and listen to your husband and give words of, of life? Unless you have the law of the most high on your tongue, unless you have wisdom on your tongue. You see. This this there's so much I, I've always liked that that part because it it speaks to so much wisdom in, in terms of how people should carry themselves and you know when they should maybe not so talk so much. You see, maybe when they not, they should not talk so much. When you look at uh, Proverbs, uh, look it up real quick. Right, Proverbs 1 and 8. My son, hear the instruction of the father and forsake not the law of thy mother. The law of their mother. You see, hear the instruction of your father and forsake not the law of your mother. See, so she, what she provides here, she, she puts the children in school. This is class. Class is in session. You see, class is in section. Session. 
She teaches other women. She teaches children. So that we can understand the law. You see. So there's a there's a class that she has that is important. Sure, if we read um first first Timothy, right? Chapter I'll go to First Timothy and I'll go to chapter two. Let me just scan through. Right. First first Timothy chapter two. Um we have the admonition here. I'm just getting you the exact verse. Let me scan through while I'm looking. Um here we go. Chapter 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 two, verse nine. In like manner, also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but cometh women professing godliness with good works. Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection, but I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adoma was first formed, then Chawa, and Adoma was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Notwithstanding, she will be saved in childbearing. See, the Messiah comes through her. If they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. So women say, but I want to stand up and teach in the church. That's not your place. Chill out. But you said, Chief, that in the last days, his, his spirit will be poured out on, on everyone. Woman and child. I did. I absolutely did. You absolutely do have something to teach. Absolutely. In the home. That, that's your classroom. Like the movie I recommended to you a while ago, Marva Collins. Where was her school? After she left the first elementary. Her home. She established a home where she taught. You see? So her her regular movements and, and, and her flow becomes the instruction. She's the teacher of the day. She provides the law. Out of her mouth comes the teaching of kindness. The Torah of kindness. When you talk about the law, that reference to law is talking about Torah. She's giving her sons and daughters Torah. <laughs> That's why that Kesed is so important. It's, it's that loving kindness, that mercy. And what we could look at that even today as a great understanding, it would be grace. She provides grace. So she teaches the law, the Most High's law, to her family with grace. She's kind. Her tongue is regulated. She doesn't just fly off the handle because she's angry. Now, you know, as I'm reading this, I want you to understand, too, that Proverbs here, it's not just, yeah, this is what the woman, a great woman should be. But the man has to be that already. So I, I don't want any of you lazy, sorry guys sitting back saying, well, yeah, the, you know, these sisters got to get it together. Some of you are real sorry parents or your mother or your father probably just your mother because most of you the ones who talk like that act like that you didn't grow up with your fathers or your fathers were, were, were weak they were ahabs yeah you know your sisters got to get it together well what are you doing brother 
Oh, don't worry about what I'm doing. You got to get it together. Clown. Freaking clown. Told you I'm waiting for these purge laws. I'm I'm here for it. I don't care what age I'll be. I'm I'm like Sarah Sarah Connor and uh Terminator. I'm preparing for the day. <laughs> Cause if you if you're not my brother, I, psh, all bets are off. So this this is an understanding, this teaching, this nobility, being able to speak the law but tempering it with compassion. That purple, tempering it with the compassion, tempering it with mesed, that chesed, or mercy, excuse me, from chesed. You know, it's it's the most grace you can have. That's the truest form of grace. You see? She's noble. This, you know, she's an excellent sort of person because of her no, nobility. You know, so we've seen her as an excellent homemaker, as a beautiful neighbor. As a teacher, these are all the things that she, you know, she ours. She, she is ours, are. But she's also a mother, a great mother. How do we know? Let me go here. Verse twenty-seven. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Of course, she's not lazy or idle because she's devoted to her husband. She's devoted to her family. You see. She gives her life for them. Verse 28, her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also. And he praiseth her. He praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth Yahuwah, she shall be praised. So much science there, man. See, that's her reward right there. That's what she's living for. That's the reward. Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel over all of them. You see, we're singing your praises. So when you look at verse 27... She looketh well to the ways of her household. Man, she's surveillance. <laughs> she's the CIA of the house. She is surveillance over that house. You see, she's managing the children. She's managing the household. She's not lazy. She's not um, eating the bread of idleness or the bread of laziness, but of, of loving labor, of loving work. Her satisfaction comes from her because her people she loves the most. She's given everything to them. And they praise her. So when, what she gets back is that praise. They reverence her. Literally. They honor her. Not, oh, the woman is God. No, not, not the foolishness. Not the dumbness. That's, that's for low IQ people. If they fall for stuff like that. The black woman is God. Yeah, to dummies. Dummies who never really did anything in life, they fall for stuff like that. And you can sell them your little status corrections and all your little products and stuff like that. And, you, and your, your DVDs on the streets and, you, and your conscious community debates. That's for low IQ people. My teachings are for smart people. So if you're here, congratulations. If you're following, congratulations. If you sit back like, yeah, I need a woman like that. 
but you got a 480 credit score. You got double digits in the bank. You don't even know how to use an accounting software. You don't even have an accountant. <laughs> you know nothing about law. You know nothing nothing about investing. You know nothing about building. You're a boy. You're a boy in a man's body. You're a boy. If you have no emotional control, if you're too lazy to study or too too arrogant and prideful to admit that I'm not that bright, I'm not good at studying, I need help. I need someone to give me study. You know, show me how to study, please. Show me how to take notes. How do I increase my listening comprehension? How do I increase my reading comprehension? Your boy in a man's body. And as such, you should be quiet. But you get no access to a woman like this. You get access to the primary type of females you've been rolling around with. Girls in a woman's body. And there's a lot more of them than you. They're all over the place. That's why it starts out. Who can find a virtuous woman? She's rare as precious jewels. So this idea of like, you know, she gets this love back. He loves her more than he's ever loved her going forward because he understands her character better than than anyone else could because of what she does inside of the home. She's held in in this this great esteem, if you will. You know, when we get with people in the beginning, you know, people tend to put their best foot forward. People tend to do that. And then, of course, you have the dopamine. You know, you have all these chemical sort of reactions and this this social energy, this social excitement around um, getting with someone. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you have someone who you can be with for a lifetime. You know, sometimes people are locked into certain sick ideas um, uh, as far as like what they want their their mate to fulfill because they're, they have certain addictions. If you have a porno addiction, you can't relate to another person. You're just full of lust. And then we have so many things in the conscious community that will confirm your lust. They'll affirm it like it's good. Oh, you masturbate. That's good. Well, no, we don't. We call it self-pleasuring. It's good to self-pleasure. Why is it good? To get to know your body. Well, how many times you need to do that? To get to know, you don't know by now? Those are the worst people in bed. They think they're the best. And I've said this so many times. Just because you're horny all the time doesn't mean you're good in bed. You're just horny all the time. And probably just annoying. Because there's nothing else there. What's attracting you? You see? When, you ha- when you're with someone and they got to turn all these different tricks to get you turned on. Put this on. Put that on. <laughs> put your hand here. Put your hand there. Stand like this. Bend over like that. Man. See, I, I speak about kink. I'm definitely someone who's a part of the kink community. If you would say. I, I'd say from a distance because I don't. There's a lot of aspects to it that I. I do not agree with, and it can be very savage. And um, I'm not into gender bending as well. So I'm a very isolated, <laughs> in a very isolated sort of corner. But um, I, I am someone who does advocate creative uh, sexual, you know, sexual creativity. 
But you got to look at why you like what you like. That's in an upcoming book I'm working on as well, you know, about that, you know, about spiritual sexuality. But why is it do I like this? Is this a, is this a demon actually functioning through me? Or is this something that's okay? You, you know, and those are the questions you got to ask. You know, that's why that's the problem with this consent culture. Consent culture doesn't mean I deny or consent. It just means tell me all the different ways that I can say yes. Even when I don't want to say yes. That's the consent culture, you see. So what happens is you get with these people for the wrong reasons and because or, or you get silly demonic phrases like this. Uh, I want a lady in the streets and the and a freak underneath the sheets. Really? But don't you know that you can't turn a hoe into a housewife? Don't you know that? Only an idiot wipes up a freak. Only an idiot wipes up a freak. Freaks are just for freaking off. I freak off and I'm going by and I freak the hell out. <laughs> That's what a freak is for, not for for marriage. But you, you teach people this because people like to learn everything through media and they start to believe like, oh, yeah, I'm a lady in the streets and a freak in the bed. Oh, no, don't be that, sweetheart. Don't do that. See me, I don't I don't have any fetishes. I'm kink, but I have no fetishes. My fetish is righteous women. That's my fetish. Women. <laughs> and for your understanding, this is in my upcoming book too, but a fetish is what you need to basically get off, right? So a kink is, a kink is so subjective because it's, there's no real definition. Kink is just considered anything above and outside of what's considered normal in terms of sex. Which is, you know, like, it's almost kind of silly because it's like some people believe missionary position is normal. That's it. So anything outside of that, oh, you're being kinky. Right. So it's it's so very subjective. But a fetish says, you know, I need this in order for me to complete even like I need um, to be choked. Or to be strangled or to be handled rough or what would or told this particular thing or I have to smell this smell or punch me here or, you know, these these different things. Right. I don't have anything of that. I don't have any of that. Women. What do I need to get off? A righteous woman. Period. And when we make that link in that spiritual connection, I'm good to go. You see. So sometimes those are things to examine. So this this woman, she's able her husband honors her even as she grows older. You know, we talk about a lot in the red pill community when women hit the wall. Yeah, there's a wall. Men hit it, too, though. But this but women hit it much sooner, of course. But you got to have something that gets through. Like, what do we have beyond that? See, that's the thing. When you have that that freak mindset, you're not a virtuous woman. You're so used up. Because you didn't had so many different guys run through you. Your wifing days are over because you can no longer pair bond. You can't connect with the man anymore. It's over. You've lost that ability. 
to pair bond. You see. So as so you don't have that ability to grow older because what happens when you have a virtuous, righteous woman, the older she gets, the longer you're with her, the more you appreciate her. The more sacrifices that husband sees, the more he rises up and says, man, you're such a blessing, man, I'm singing your praises. You know, they have their own children and they raise those children you know, in a righteous way. So constantly before those children's eyes, there's tender guidance, there's wise counsel, there's loving discipline. There's a, there's a divine example of, of what a person should be. They're seeing her hard work. They're seeing her unselfish behavior. You know, all these different things that start to fill the childhood memories. Like, oh, I remember my mother being like this, being like that, you know. And, and now what happens is righteousness is given from generation to generation as a result. Now, I'll tell you a secret. I'm going to tell you a secret. No career woman will ever have that kind of influence in the lives of their children. Ever. She'll never have that influence in the lives of her children. Regardless of what you see in movies and films and people tell you when they do interviews. or But look at Michelle Obama. And mm-hmm. We didn't even know who she was without him. But I bet you she doesn't even have that influence. People are chasing the wrong thing. Like, again, she's a she's a homemaker. She's a neighbor. She's a mother. She's a teacher. She's a, a saint. When you look at 30 and 31, favor is deceitful and beauty is vain because it, it fades. But a woman that feareth the most high, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. See, give her the product of her hands and let her own work praise. See, what are the products of her hands? Well, everything she's done for others, it now comes back to her. All those sacrifices all her life. You ever seen an old grandmother, old, old woman at the reunion or at the cookout? Grandma, she's 90 years old. She can't even remember all her grandchildren. They just around. Everybody's walking up, giving to her, giving her a kiss. She know they're all relatives. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. She don't remember which ones are great nieces and great nephews or what. But everybody wants to stop and take a picture with her. And like, she's just sitting there. That's a queen, boy. And you know what? In those instances, you know what no one ever cares about? Grandma, what did you do for a living? <laughs> no one cares. But she's honored. Man, look at this. This Look at this matriarch. She's honored. Grandpa is honored. Especially when they're both still alive. They're both old and sitting in that chair. Sometimes you still even see she's still cutting up his, his food. They may not have to, you know, they ain't got teeth, you know. They work. They working it, though. They working it. Got to mash up the potato salad a little bit. You see. So she provides that that mirror of what a of what a divine woman should be. She's praised in public. She prays. She's praised at the gates and of, of where she lives. And her divine character is her reward. So she gives us something to measure ourselves up to. You see. 
such a, such a tremendous person, such a tremendous woman to strive to be or to have in your household. But we saw it always, it all started with him. This is what you need to be. This is what you have to be. Give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. Always talking about sexual immorality and addiction. That's what destroys kings. You want the freak. Because this one is boring. But see, when a, when a man becomes righteous and he's really diving deeper into what he's supposed to be, he becomes, he becomes boring too. They're both boring. <laughs> I remember telling that to one of my friends once. He was like, yeah, you know, you, you be low, man. You be... And I, he was like, you know, what do you do? Like, he was like, yo, Friday or something. They was going to some spot. I was like, yo, I'll be, I'll be hanging out with my youth. He's like, what? I was like, yeah, like that's, that's what I do. <laughs> As some of you don't know old school New York. You don't know some of the clubs, like the shark bar, the tiny little shark bar. It really was just a tiny, it was just a strip <laughs> or Bentley's. <laughs> He's like, yo, we should be here. We should be over there. I was like, yo, yeah, you know what I do now, though? Like, I just be at home watching reruns of of uh, what's happening with the with the, with the youth, the what's happening DVD, you know. <laughs> or we be we be at home, you know, doing wrestling. You know, we used to do wrestling matches. You know, Sabbath nights, or, or um, sometimes the, the sisters, my consorts, they they still I, I attract a lot of silly women. They like to do uh, breakdance battles. That used to always be fun to watch. <laughs> Me and the youth would just be laughing at them. They'd be over there breakdancing <laughs> with long skirts on. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's that, that's what yeah, that's what my my strong end looks like now, bro. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, boring. I know, but I I tell you. um, there could be several books written about my life. Several. I've had a wild ride. Trust me, I wasn't always Chief Yuya. And some know. Some know who listen. I, I, I came up the very rough side of the mountain and faced many winters. Many winters. My 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 way up was 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 hard. You know, my childhood was very short. <laughs> You know, um, and then I, I was very successful at things that I did, whether they were um, moral or immoral. Whatever I put my hand to, I was I was great at it. But things did not get exciting until I started to mirror righteousness. I realized then, like, man, I ain't been doing nothing all that. I thought I was all these foreign fancy cars and gorgeous women and you know my fast motorcycles and doing music for all these people and hearing my songs on the radio and man that wasn't about nothing you know being bouncers at being a bouncer at some of the most like 
on spots in New York City. You know what I mean? And going on tours, music tours, all of that side. Man, I did. And then there's, there's the other side. <laughs> there's the darker. There's the darker side, which I may never talk about if I don't have to. But most high willing. <laughs> but um, it was all boring until really modeling what's described here. This character, this inner character, this woman. Which which rules out over the external adornment, the external experiences, because you see her price, her value. It shines brighter than the sun when she opens her mouth with wisdom, man. She's reflecting the sun. She's she's reflecting her king. You see. So her adornments and and her movements are not just external. It's the beauty of Satifera, the inner self, who we actually are. Doesn't come from makeup, doesn't come from jewelry, anything like, like that. You see, it comes from within. And again, like I've said, it's not like, you know, beauty is fleeting. Of course, you read Proverbs 3130, but um, it can become an idol. There's nothing wrong with looking good when you're purple and your linen and your silk. I love silk. I love linen. I'm, I'm, I'm with all that. But, you know, it should never trump because it could become an idol. Your clothing can become an idol. It should never trump. You know, your your what should be reflected into the care for your husband, the care for your family, the care for your wife. You see, like and and ultimately she was a hand spinner anyway. She was making her own tapestries. You see that clothing, like I said, is that le bouche, the clothing of the garment. Fine linen is shish. You know, which usually means something like I said, that's bleached and your purple is argamon. These are all the Hebrew words, you know. But Labush is is more than just clothing. It's it's it um your clothing, it's it's when when Labush is spoken about, it's talking about rank. It's talking about status. That's what that word means. So she, what she's wearing, the clothes she makes for herself shows her status. When I see you, do I know you're a married woman? Or do you look like you're still trying to sell me something? You see, when I see dudes like that, so I was walking down the street, I see a woman's half naked. She got on tights, yoga pants and a tube top or tank top or something. It's like, oh, you still selling. Like I could literally just walk up to you, punch buddy in the throat and just take you. I probably wouldn't have to do that. I just take you. You just come with me because you, you still you still on the market. You still trying to sell something. You see. Because you've shown me what your status and your rank is. You know, that's why in a wicked society, what do they tell you? Don't judge a book by its cover. Man, how you look, it leaves an impression on others. It shows your status. It, sh- it shows how I dress now, me. I'm I'm not an elder yet. You know, though people call me elder because I'm older than them and things, but I'm not an elder far, you know, from that point in my life. But even where I'm at today right now, I don't dress like I dressed when I was in my 20s. Well, for first, you know, nobody trying to see that's that's vintage now, but (laughs) but I don't I don't dress in those styles anymore. Because my rank is different. 
when I was in my, tw- I barely dressed like a twenty when I was when I was a twenty year old. I always wanted to dress like the older guys, you know, because I I, I wanted to give the impression <laughs> of that status. I wanted to give the impression that I there was something more interesting about me, you know, like maybe I you know was well traveled or things like that. I I gave those impressions off, you know, but. You're, so when it's talking about LaBush, when it when it when it it's talking about her clothing in that scripture, it's talking about she dresses in a way that shows her status. You see, that shows her rank. You see. How are you dressed? Do you make sure your family comes first? Do you have a family? Do you feed your family? Do you take care of their needs? Do you love other people like Yahweh Shai was was documented to love us? You see, you can go get yourself, and or you can make yourself a purple garment. That's a good project. <laughs> All right, so this this actually concludes our um, Proverbs thirty one sessions. I think this was the part three. I think. But nonetheless, um, thank you, and I'll be right back. All right, everyone. So we're going to close out and willfully. Again, you got a lot out of these sessions for Proverbs 31. um, And you're able to start looking at how you can apply some of these things and even look at maybe some of the ways that you've been unable to connect to this energy because maybe... Some of the um, addictions you've had or some of the, the misconceptions you've had around sexuality or what it is to be an alpha, what it is to be a man, what it is to be a woman, you know, and understanding that there is a responsibility for all. It's so easy. You know, I did a segment a while ago called Are You So You're High Valued Now? And, you know, because there's so much talk going around about be a high valued man, high valued man. And 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 honestly, a lot of what was said that would make a that makes a man high value is not really what makes a man high value. <laughs> you know, and I guess it's still subjective, of course. But, you know, your income is not what makes you high value, regardless, you know, maintaining and, and holding on to the sanctity of your manhood is where your value begins. It's your esteem. It's like what makes you a high value woman. It's your esteem. You see, that's why that's why so many females will get involved in things that they have no business getting involved in or or slutting themselves out. They have no sense of esteem. They don't value themselves. They don't respect themselves. Guys do the same thing. Don't value and respect themselves. So they find their identity in, in things external to them. They find their identity in people. Oh, this girl is so pretty. This is the prettiest woman I've ever been able to get with. And because I have her now, I'm I'm somebody, you know, or this guy right here, he, he's got a Jeep girl, <laughs> you know, just another girl on the IRT reference. So now you find your value in that. No, you got to have some esteem first. Who are you in the face of the most high? See, that's when you can live that quote unquote boring life because you're so comfortable and at peace with yourself. Just being at home with yourself, with your family. It's all good. It's not a problem. You see. But all right. Thank you so much for tuning in. And again, reminder, uh, our retreat is coming up August 24th to August 28th. Some people are still asking me. I don't know. Just go to the website. Click the retreat button. 
it's right there. <laughs> the information is right there. You'll get sent an email and um, you can even ask questions of, you know, within the email. You can send an email back if you have questions and stuff like that. It's, it's two hundred twenty five dollars. Um, four days in New Orleans And it's a lot that we're going to be doing Soon we're going to be releasing the actual uh, Event schedules for those who signed up So you'll know what we'll be doing uh, Pretty much by the hour But uh, you'll have a great time I I promise you No one no one ever does not have a great time <laughs> You know But we're going to be doing a lot of stuff I'm going to be doing um, Teaching some, some, some pranayama I'm going to be teaching some Um other other modalities um some some yoga we're going to be doing and some other activities kind of opening up the way you know i'm enlivening our own chakras as well um and of course talks and then we, we'll have a we're going to have a beautiful time at my uh sister sula's spot um delay de coin coin um on sabbath evening we're going to be doing a, a this beautiful workshop and presentation around the creation story with art pieces and everything man so it's gonna be nice you know it's gonna be really nice this retreat we're gonna be moving around you know the bayou a bit you know so it's not too late to sign up if you want to sign up um feel free to come through all right and uh again just go to anulifeglobal.org and click the retreats the retreat button treat link no button all right but um i am chief yuya and I want to thank you for, you know, riding for as long as you did. And like I said, willfully, you apply these concepts and these these thoughts and, the, you know, um, to your own walk and to your own way and become pure and divine as a result. All right. Until next time. Peace. <laughs>